Hey, yep. we are live. Good morning. Good morning. This is Jack Kelly. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. And today, today, we're going to have um, kind of two different pieces. The first one we want to talk about is this, this thing that's so frustrating. Gaps in your resume and how companies hold it against you. I mean, this is like the craziest thing to me. You know, I've, I've been in the search space for 25 plus years. I think it's now actually officially 26 years, which is crazy. I guess I, start, I started when I was 10. So I was a recruiting prodigy. So that's why, you know, I've been, so, I've been doing this so long. Uh, what happens for a lot of people, I mean, we all know that there's biases, conscious, unconscious biases, there's discrimination, there's prejudicism that goes on, sometimes very overt, sometimes subtle. There's this one thing that's just so bizarre. And it, it it's when you have gaps on your resume. And what happens is this, and, and I don't know if people who are listening to it, watching this now have gone through this. Life happens, right? Where you have a job, you're doing really well, successful, climbing the corporate ladder, everything is fine until it's not. Maybe there was a reorg, there was a layoff, and then unfortunately you were laid off and it happens. And, and let's be frank, we've all seen it over the last year or so. I mean, it's crazy. Let's just take the tech sector, for example. In 2023, there's a quarter of a million about 250,000 tech people were laid off. And these are people who work at FANG, you know, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, all these great companies, boom, laid off. Then, that's, so that's just one sector. You know, Wall Street is laid off a whole lot. Other areas laid off a whole lot. So much so it's kind of what's been called a white-collar recession, rich recession, meaning that, white collar, mid to senior level people are really losing out and it's hard for them to find a job. And if you're in between jobs, you could be long-term unemployed. Now, most reasonable people, if you just take anybody, anybody who even doesn't know anything about the job market and you would tell, you know, tell them about how all these layoffs, all these downsizings, high inflation, high interest rates, Concerns about what's going to happen in the Middle East. Is this going to escalate the Hamas-Israeli war? What's going on with Ukraine? Is this ever going to end or not? Are we going to hit a recession or not a recession? So with all these things, a logical person would say, hey, this is not the best time to hire people. This is not the best time to, to keep people. We, it's, it's probably a better time. I'm not saying me doing this. This is the companies. What they're saying is, hey, this is a time to cut costs. We don't want to spend too much money just in case. So we're not going to hire. We're going to slow walk the hiring process or we're going to lay off and let go people. But what happens is that when you're let go and it could be a layoff, it could be that you're taking care of a sick relative. It could be you just need some time off. You need a sabbatical. You just have to kind of refresh and just step back from everything 
for your mental health and emotional well-being. It could be you want to travel. It could be you want to go back to school. Maybe you didn't get a degree or maybe you want to get an advanced degree or maybe you want to learn something new or, or perhaps you want to pivot to a different kind of area. So there are different reasons why you might not be currently working or over the course of your career, there have been times when there's a gap when you haven't been working. And when you hear me walking through, it sounds pretty reasonable, right? But on the other side of the equation, when you go in, let's say I'm going into interview and I have a few gaps in my resume, right from the beginning, the interviewer, the hiring managers can say, uh, Jack, I'm looking at your resume here and I see some gaps. Um, and not only some gaps, I've seen it a couple of times throughout your career. So uh, can you tell me about it? What's What did you do? What's wrong? What happened? Who did you tick off? And the reason I'm saying that way is because there is that feel emanating from the hiring managers and, and the talent acquisition people and the HR people and whoever's involved with the hiring process that if you have a gap, if you haven't worked for two months, three months, four months, there's this bias, there's this prejudice saying something must be wrong with Jack. Why, why was he out of work for three months? Why was he out of work for four months? Why was he out of three? Why, did, why was he out of work during the financial crisis? And then again, during the pandemic, well, I don't understand it. And any logical person would understand it. It was a financial crisis and the pandemic and hundreds of thousands of people lost their jobs. So that's pretty reasonable. And then maybe just put on top of it, something happened and you're in between jobs for a while. But there's this underlying this underlying feeling you did something wrong the job seeker the the worker did something wrong because why would they be out of work for so long it must be their fault it must be their problem so now when you go through the interview they've already are are, are sus they're questioning you they're not feeling confident about you they might not even bother interviewing you when they see the resume a lot of times if you don't get picked up for resumes because you have gaps. I got to tell you, I think in my opinion that a lot of times if they see these gaps, they don't even bother because they're just going to presume that you have the gaps. So something is wrong. And they're like, I don't want to have any part of this. Something's wrong. We're going to move on plenty of applicants. And that's, and that's the challenge too right now, because there's so many people in between roles for white collar professionals for blue collar and frontline, not as they're, they're doing pretty well, actually. So, so I'm focusing this conversation more in line with the white-collar, college-educated, graduate degree, mid to, to senior level. Those are the ones who are hurting. Blue-collar trades, they're doing pretty well. So that, so that you have this inherent bias where they may just pass on you and not even bring you in for an interview. But then if they bring you in for an interview, they're going to really scrutinize everything they're going to look and ask and probe and dig because they can't get it around their head that like these things happen these things happen you know you may have a great run and everything is fantastic and then you have you know kind of bumps in the road that's how careers are 
And, and I, I've seen this firsthand for 26 years. You know, I've seen people who start out their career and just do phenomenal skyrocket success. You know, you look at that person and let's be frank, you get jealous. Like, how did they get so successful at such a young age? What happened? But then time goes on and that rocket ship comes back to earth and now they're not doing so well. That's how careers are sometimes. It does, it's not linear. It's not always going up. It's up, it's down, it's up and down. Very fortunate few people just go right up. You know, that's for some people, they're lucky, everything aligns. Most people aren't like that. Most people, there's good, there's bad, there's up, there's down, there's up, there's down, and that's what happened. So with the gaps, they it's it's just this 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 thing where they feel you're guilty. There's something wrong. You must have done something, you know, bad. You must have done something dumb. And that's why you have these gaps. Now, I completely disagree with that assertion. I think it's just, this happens in life. And I think what, in my opinion, is that when the economy is tough and things are not easy and there's not a lot of certainty like we have right now, hiring managers, interviewers, HR, internal talent acquisition, executives, they're afraid to make this bad, they're afraid to make bad decisions. When things are a little scary and difficult and uncertain, executives, managers, middle level, middle level managers, they're afraid. They want to hold on to their jobs. They don't want to lose their jobs. And there's a fear that, and they've told me this over the years. You know, they tell me this. So this is not my kind of imagination that if I hire Jack and he has several gaps in his resume and he, I hire him and he comes and starts working and something goes wrong, all fingers are going to point to the person who made that decision to hire Jack. Because they're going to think, what were you, like, why did you hire him? He had these gaps in the resume. You knew this could be a problem. And now that person has to worry about keeping his or her job. So it's easier. So think about it. It's easier for the managers and the hiring managers and the interviewers just to pass, just to protect their own butt. Because if they make that decision, I'm going to vouch for Jack and bring him in, and it doesn't work, they're going to lose political capital. So maybe they don't lose their job, but their boss is always going to now question that person's decision making. Are they good decision makers or not? Because look, you hired this person with these gaps and he blew up and didn't do well. So for the, every time now a decision has to be made, I'm always going to be skeptical. So, so they take the path of least resistance and just say, thanks, Jack, but no thanks. And the undercurrent is, I don't want to have to worry and deal with this. This is your problem, not my problem. And that's what's going on with the gaps in, 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 in the resume. Now, so that's the, that's the challenge, right? That's what a lot of people are dealing with. And I think for the foreseeable future, this is going to be very common. Because the, the job market for this cohort that we're talking about is not great. So we're going to probably see bouts of people losing their job, particularly with AI. Now, when we hear AI, think about it. 
now that uh, when I say this, you're going to kind of nod your head and say, oh, I kind of felt that way too. The narrative is always, oh, technology, what are you worried about? Every time a new technology comes in, like there are more jobs created. Oh, you're just scared of technology. You know, technology, look what happens. There's always new something coming along. What are you worried about? Well, yeah, it's always easy to say. But let's face it, a lot of times with technology, yes, new jobs are created, but also sometimes new jobs are created. And just because you went from the, you know, the horse-drawn wagons to the cars, and you went from, you know, whatever technology to those big kind of computers to now to, you know, apples and iPods and whatever. Yeah, you've always seen this kind of everything evolve, but it doesn't mean it always happens that way. Because with AI, even though everyone's saying, no, that's not going to take jobs, that's going to add jobs. And then they'll add, well, it's only going to take jobs from those who do repetitive rote jobs. But, you know, and that's, that's better because they don't want those jobs anyway, because, you know, they want better jobs. Now, I, we keep seeing it. Now that I pointed out, you'll notice this. They're looking to use AI for any way, shape, or form to kind of take, you know, to push people out of jobs. I mean, it's only logical if companies are trying to save money and they want to cut costs. What better thing to do to have this new technology and knock people out to save money? Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope new jobs will be created and it'll balance out. That'd be fantastic. But I'm just putting it out there as, a, as, as an advisory, because I think as time goes on, it's likely a lot of people are going to have these bouts of getting you know laid off and being in between jobs. And it's going to be more common. So to, to, to kind of get your mindset around it, be careful, be prepared. This might happen. And if it does happen, here's what I suggest. When you go into an interview, you don't want to come go into the interview with your tail between your legs and feel ashamed or embarrassed that you had gaps in your resume. You want to do the exact opposite. You want to come in there confident, upbeat, motivated, because they're going to expect you to kind of like be downcast, not make eye contact because you feel so guilty. No, this you want to treat it like this is life. These things happen. And I'm a big boy or a big girl, and these things happen, and you deal with adversity. You don't just crumble. These things happen. And if a hiring manager or executive or, 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 or a senior level manager, do they really believe that you always succeed in everything you do and everything is perfect? Come on. That's not reasonable. So you've had gaps. Okay. Now, <laughs> What you want to do then is break down and be able to explain why you are in between jobs. Now, I'm saying that calmly, but I respect the fact that when a person is sitting in that seat on that video, the emotions are raw because they feel like, oh, I got to go through this once again. The feedback I always get 
you know, from people who are looking for a job, who've had gaps and hiccups, what have you, it's, it's, it's this like constant nagging. It's this, this is like pit in your stomach where you're just, uh, and you, and you're just so angry because you know, it's coming and you know, they're judging you and they know that they're, they're the, the odds are going to be against you in terms of moving forward because of this bias, but you have to do it anyway. And then maybe when you were laid off, you're kind of a little ticked because you feel I shouldn't have been laid off. Why was I? I think I was better than these other people, but they kept their jobs. I didn't. So you have this kind of simmering resentment that you were laid off, you were let go. Now you have this other resentment that I have to now, every freaking time I go for an interview, I have to go through this again. It's like a scab that you keep picking on and, and it opens again. And then you pick on it opens again. So it's raw and festering. And, and it takes all your strength not to tell the interviewer, I'm going to go through the, through the video and strangle you because don't you understand we're all human. We go through these things. These things happen. Why are you just judging me for this and making me feel like a bad person? Because I was laid off a couple of times, like so many other hundreds of thousands of millions of people have over the years. But you can't, you can't do that. You can't, <laughs> you can't strangle the person. You can't punch them in the nose. You can't do that. But what you can do, and it's very easy for me to say, I get it. You can say, Jack, very easy for you, 100%. And it's always easy for someone else on the other side to give the advice because they're not living through it. So you want to take a deep breath, right? You take a deep breath. You know that they're going to ask this question. You know you're going to be irritated and annoyed when they ask these questions. But just look at it. This is the game we're playing. A lot of times, all this stuff is just a game. And when I say just a game, I'm not belittling what it is, but Things are a game. The corporate world is a game. You're trying to game how I can get to the next level. How can I make more money? How can I get more stock? How can I get a better job? It's playing a game. And the game is, okay, so now I have these, these, these you know, holes in my resume that I have to explain. And to play the game, I can't come across, you know, sad, mad, you know, pissed off. I got to come in super, just the super confident, super motivated, and then hard to do but you got to practice come across very thoughtful very calm very deliberate and explain you know you may say hey well the first gap was when i was working on wall street in the financial services area and as you're aware that we had the financial crisis and there are hundreds of thousands of people if not more who were laid off and unfortunately i was part of it however during that time, I had a gap, and this is this is something we could talk a, a little later on about a bridge job. So I have this, but I took that time to learn something new. And then when, let's say they talk again, well, this other gap was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Similarly to the financial crisis, hundreds of thousands of people were let go, if not more, and I was part of that. And then maybe there's something else. So you walk through what you did at the company. You walk through all your accomplishments. You share all your wins. 
all your achievements, everything you've done, come prepared with written recommendations from people. Make sure that you contact all, all, you know, when you're interviewing everyone within your network who could support you to actually put in a good word when and if needed. So this way, it's not just you saying, hey, I lost my job and, you know, I didn't do anything. This way, if they hear it from other people as well, they'll realize, okay, I feel a bit more comfortable. Particularly if maybe, and this is hard to do, but maybe if you know some insiders at the company and you reach out to them, and then maybe you have some of your colleagues, friends, former coworkers, people in your network, reach out to them as well to say, hey, Jack's going to be interviewing with you. And I'm not sure if anyone ever kind of shares this kind of like hack. If you could have that kind of full course press, full court press, where not only you, but you have coworkers, former coworkers, colleagues, friends, what have you, who know people who work at the company who could kind of put in a whisper, a good thing in the ear of the people who are decision makers at the company, that helps out a lot too. Because then at first they'll say, we're interviewing Jack, he had these gaps, we're not sure. But now, well, I heard from this person who I know, who I highly respect, and and you know she's championing Jack, so okay. And then, oh, another person came and said that Jack's interviewing, and yeah, I think very highly of him. That's great. So you build kind of this you know, the, this, you coalesce and you bring this group, you know, people who are all saying good, wonderful things for you. So then the interviewers and the people involved with the hire process be like, huh, there's so many people who are championing Jack's cause. He must be good. And when you really think about it, okay, it was a pandemic, it was a financial crisis, maybe some other thing that happened. So, okay. And it makes your better chances. So to regroup, you want to come in to the interview when you have gaps. You don't want to be apologetic. You want to be, hey, this is how it is. It's very common. It happens to so many people. You want to be enthusiastic. You want to be motivated. You don't want to come across guilty of something. You want to have your support system, your network, really try to put in a good word so that they feel, okay, I get it. This person, it just happened. And, and there's a little bit more comfort there. This now kind of dovetails with another thing you can do with these gaps. There's something called bridge jobs. And I, I want to say, um, I, kind of, I wrote about it recently. And I want to I want to believe, maybe I first heard it from Hannah Morgan, a really top career coach, um, and some other folks, where uh, for a bridge job, basically, that's something where if you're in between work, just like we're talking about have gaps, right? We're in between work to say, hey, I I'm looking for that job that I really want. Let's say you know, you're a white-collar professional, you're working on a, you're Wall Street and tech and what have you. And you want to find a job back in those sectors that you know and you like, get this, you know, get your compensation level at where you are, maybe even get some you know, higher compensation, maybe even get a better job. But in the meantime, 
particularly a time like now, that's kind of very iffy, very tenuous, and it may take a long time. So you might want to have a filler job, a bridge job, a temporary job, a gig job, whatever you want to call it. And the reason I'm saying you, you should do this is, is for several reasons. If you're not doing anything, time goes by quickly. It could be a week, a month, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months. And then you realize, wow, six months, I haven't done anything. So then when you have that conversation about that big gap and they ask, what did you do? And you have no answer. It feeds into their narrative that like something's up. So you want to fill in those gaps. You want to find things to do that you could put on the resume, put in your cover letter, put on your social media pages, put on LinkedIn. So it shows that you didn't just give up and say, hey, I was in between jobs and I'm just sitting home on the couch, watching TV, drinking beer and smoking weed and just not doing anything. You want to dispel, dispel that notion that you're just being, woe is me, I'm in between jobs, I'm just, you know, I give up. Now, here's where it gets a little challenging for people. If you're like a white collar professional working at a really, you know, management consulting firm, you know, top company, Fortune 500 company, a lot of times you, your identity is tied up with your job and the company you work with. And when you don't have it, you kind of lose that identity. Then when someone like me is saying, hey, try to fill in the gap where maybe you take a job at Walmart or Home Depot or drive an Uber. To a lot of people, the first thing is a shot to your ego. Like, I, I can't do that. I'll be embarrassed if I, my friends see me, you know, family members see me working at Home Depot or working at Target or working somewhere in the mall or, you know, delivering DoorDash. I can't do that. And I get it. I, I completely empathize and understand. But my suggestion, and once again, to be fair, you could say, Jack, easy for you to say. But then again, I've had my share of really horrible jobs too. So I kind of understand it. But it may make sense to do that for several reasons. One, you don't know how long bad markets could go. Now, current economy could turn around overnight because recently, actually, the stock market has done really well. And that's not the be all and end all, but a lot of times the stock market is a forward looking mechanism. So if it's going up, that means they know something that is positive that maybe we don't know. And that's why they're betting that their stocks are going higher. So uh, it looks like the mortgage interest rates are down a little bit and the stock market is going up a little bit. So it does seem maybe we're kind of crossing over to get to a little bit better times, but you don't know how long it's going to last. So let's say you just take some sort of bridge job, especially during the holiday season. And now that's a good excuse too, because with the holiday season, right? You know, you have UPS and Amazon and all, <laughs> all these retailers looking for extra help. That's something you can do and set like, and then if you're a little embarrassed about it, you say, hey, it's the holidays. You know what? 
my family's all going in different directions. We really didn't have any plans for Christmas, for Hanukkah, for whatever. So yeah, so it makes sense. Hey, you know what? This is something to do. I sit behind a desk all day long uh, in an office or I sit you know, by myself in my off, you know, in the room, I made an office and don't see anybody interact with people. I'm, I'm kind of put on some pounds because I'm just sitting around the house and, you know, grazing on food all day long. So yeah, let me go to Amazon, move some boxes around. Let me go, you know, maybe drive a lift and just meet new people. So you want to do something. And then, so in this way, if you're doing these things, you could then pitch it if you feel uncomfortable. Hey, yeah, you know what? I'm doing, you know, Uber driving because none of my family is really around during the holidays. So rather than being by myself and feeling lonely, I'll drive around, meet people, talk to people, have conversations, you know, so I'll feel better about myself. In a way, you're just talking yourself into like, okay, by doing this, I don't have to feel awkward. I don't have to feel ashamed. I don't have to feel weird. And and you could do that so you can make some extra money, which is important because you don't know how long bad times could go. So you want to see if, hey, I could kind of just keep a flow of cash coming in as opposed to just kind of blowing through whatever savings you have. And you have so many research reports saying and data showing that the vast majority of Americans have have a, just a little financial security blanket and, and that's it, you know, a certain amount of emergency funds. And it's very easy to go through it if something goes wrong. So it doesn't hurt to have that extra money. Plus, what can happen is this too. Let's say, you know, you take a job as a waiter or a bartender. You know, meet new people, different attitude, take a little break from just sending out resumes all day long. And this is far-fetched, but let's say you say, you know what? You know, my uncle owned a bar and he seemed to really enjoy it, love it. And, you know, I kind of like being a waiter, bartender. You know what? Maybe, you know, maybe the corporate grind's not for me. You know, maybe I should, I should like want to be an entrepreneur and start up my own business and, you know, and maybe open my own restaurant. So then it opens up other ideas. So, so rather than being, you know, crushed by this whole thing, you could just start doing different things to take care of yourself. And also, if you don't do things, you're just going to be sitting around ruminating all the time, thinking all negative thoughts, worried about the future, worried about the present, and you're going to go on that negative cycle. Your monkey brain is just going to be you know, chattering, chattering, chattering. But if you're doing things and you're working, especially if you're working something that's you know, relatively has manual labor, you're going to come home. You're too tired to ruminate. That's it. You're tired. You worked hard. You slept boxes all over the place so that it puts you in a better frame that you've done something, you've accomplished something. Now, let me I'll share this with you too, which is really interesting. I So I wrote about both of these topics, about gaps and about bridge jobs. Now, when I wrote about the bridge jobs, I really thought a lot of people would, I don't want to say attack me, but I, you know, would say like, what are you talking about, Jack? Well, I'm not going to take the, this or that. What are you talking about? You're crazy. I really thought that would be the major response. 
um, that they would think that this, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm above these jobs. How dare you say I should do this, Jack? What's wrong with you? You go work in Home Depot. You go drive a truck. I really, you know, that's what I thought would happen. And I have thick skin, so I don't mind like when people, you know, if I write something and people just, you know, are, aren't pleased with it or have their own take. I, I kind of like it because it, 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 you know, gives me food for thought. But it's really interesting. So I post, I posted on LinkedIn and so many re people responded saying that, yeah, they are taking these, um, not on my say-so, but just on their own volition, that they're taking, you know, these these types of jobs and then going back to you know their histories that hey this has happened before and they've taken these uh, gig jobs these contract jobs these temp jobs these in-between jobs these bridge jobs and it really helped out because they kept busy they had money coming in they're meeting new people um now i was talking about home depot and and target and those but then you could also get gigs working in an office somewhere right like some temporal in an office where now you're meeting all sorts of other people. And then maybe that leads to a job within that organization. So there were so many stories people were sharing that were positive. They're saying, hey, where I thought it would be all negative saying like, don't tell me to take these jobs. How dare you? It's just the opposite. They're all saying, hey, you know, both for themselves and then pointing to maybe family members, friends, what have you also doing and saying, hey, this is a smart thing to do. And then you would hear, you know, I would read about a lot of these stories too, where one thing would lead to another, to another, and then maybe they got a different jobs completely somewhere else by just being active and being out there. And this goes back to something I, I always kind of advocate to, to people who are looking for a job or looking to enhance their career, that a body in motion stays in motion. So I've, I've always found out that whether as, as a business person, as a recruiter, um, personal life, whatever, if, if, you're, if you're just static and you're not doing anything, you fall behind. You fall behind because everyone is moving forward. If you keep moving and moving and trying and doing and iterating, do something, maybe it fails, but you try again, maybe it fails, you iterate, you try something different, you go again and you keep going, eventually something kicks in. And something will happen. You get momentum and it builds and it moves forward. So that you got, you owe it to yourself to try and do something. Because if you don't do it and you're just sitting around, the way the world works, no one's going to knock on your door and say, hey, Jack, I got a great opportunity for you. Here's the job offer. Congrats. It doesn't work that way. You got to make it happen. You have to make your own breaks. So even if you rather not have this kind of bridge job, you rather just 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 lick your wounds and feel bad about yourself. You deserve to do that for a while. Uh, you know, for sure. You want to have some practice some self-care. You want to help with your mental health and emotional well-being. You want to kind of talk it through for what happened. You want to digest it. You want to come to terms with everything. I sure. But you don't want to do that and wallow day after day after day. You need to take action, and that's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel positive. It feels that you're doing something. You're advocating for yourself. 
So Christine, how, how's that so far? Am I hitting some of the top? Am I hitting most of the topics? Am I missing anything? Yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that there's nothing wrong with taking a bridge job. I think what's wrong is how society views like these blue collar roles, even mm -hmm. referring to it as like low skill or unskilled labor. There are skills to be had in every job. Mm -hmm. Even you take like a blue collar role and you've got to um, hone like your communication skills. Now that's a skill that you can take into your your um, interview with a potential employer and let them know how you really honed in on your interpersonal mm -hmm. skills. So I think that there's skills to be learned and had in every job. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. If we could all be honest, you know, we, we, some countries have this, you know, caste system, you know, not maybe some more embedded than others. And we kind of have it here where it's like, Let's say, oh, white collar, yes, that's up here. Blue collar, that's down here. That's ridiculous. There, there are a lot of blue collar people who are making way more than white collar people. You know, you have, let's say, a plumber. You know, and then all of a sudden they, they buy another plumbing company and another company and another company. Now, boom, they're operating. You know, they they have their trucks all over town driving around, and it's weird. How, yeah, it's like, I don't know how this happened, how this like, hey, oh, I have a college degree and you don't. So, whoa. and it's this weird thing. And I think we got to get over it because the uh, the way things are playing out, I wonder the value of a co college degree is going to be the same as it used to be. And our parents could have start saying to their kids, maybe go into the trades because you get paid well, job security. There, you know, you always need an electrician. You always need a carpenter. You know, you always need a plumber. You always need, you know, a, a HVAC kind of person where you don't always need someone with a degree in anthropology, right? So, I, you know, these things are like, these are things where I don't have all the answers, but with these LinkedIn Lives, I, I at least throw out these ideas and thoughts. Any Anything else we could add to it, Chris? What do, what do you think? Can I would just say that by taking a bridge job, it shows you're proactive and that you're committed to professional development and most importantly, just resilient. You didn't let mm. that, job, that job loss bring you down. You stayed committed to just developing yourself and getting out there, maintaining a daily routine so that, like you said, you don't ruminate, sit at home, feel bad for yourself and just form bad habits. That's a great, that's a great way to wrap up. That's awesome, Christine. So th thank you. Thank you for sharing. And uh, everyone, thank you for watching. I, I hope it was helpful. If you have any questions, please put it into the comments. Um, if you have any suggestions for topics in the future, same thing, put something in there. Or, or if you need any help, hit us up, you know, be glad to, to, to give any advice that uh, I could offer or introduce you to people who could help you. In, in your career journey. So I really appreciate uh, your support, everyone. And thank you for watching on an early morning, you know, at 10 o'clock. So I, I greatly appreciate your support. And um, thank you very much and have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.